Welcome to the Journey of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Lawmeyer, and I'm so excited for you to join me. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and give guidance to young leaders like myself who are navigating through the minefields of leadership in the 21st century. In this episode, I want to share with you about the importance of getting real and taking off the mask. You know, it's so easy to try and impress people, act like we have it all together in life and in leadership. We go around acting like our families have no issues and that our lives are just perfect. When in reality, we all have problems. Yet, we try not to appear as weak and vulnerable because, well, we're the leaders, and leaders are supposed to be strong and have it all together. We really do not like that word vulnerability as a leader either. It's a negative word that oftentimes in our minds when we think of it, it's something we think of as weak. But vulnerability as a leader can actually be a great strength. I think it's time for leaders today to get vulnerable, take off the mask that we wear and start being real with ourselves, with God, and with our people. I have discovered that people are not attracted to the pretend you, but instead they're much more attracted to the real you. Being real, being vulnerable, it's not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of strength. You may say, but yeah, Jackson, if... I show the real me with all my flaws and weaknesses, then my employees or my friends, they may think less of me. I would say, don't worry about pleasing others. If you have to be a fake you in order for them to be your friends, then they were never your friends in the first place. And you may find that your employees and your followers relate much more with the real, flawed, imperfect you than the fake, imperfect you. You know, I struggled with this so much whenever I first became the pastor at Sheridan. I thought that I had to talk a certain way, dress a certain way, and act a certain way so I could fit into the perfect mold of what it meant to be a pastor. I wanted to make sure that everyone was happy and that everyone liked me because I had this deep insecurity of just wanting people to like me and accept me. So I would try and be one person with one group and be another person with another group. And I just wanted to make sure everyone was happy, that everyone liked me. Well, to be quite honest with you, it was absolutely exhausting. One day, one of my mentors came and told me, If everyone's happy with you and everyone likes you, then you're not doing your job very well. There was a real freedom that overtook me in that moment, that it's okay for people not to like me, that I'm going to be the real Jackson. And if someone leaves my church or deletes me on Facebook, that is just fine. I'm not trying to please everyone by being someone I am not. I had to decide to take off the mask. It's time for you to take off the mask as well. And there's a real freedom in being the real you. That doesn't mean you have it all together or you have it all figured out because we all have issues. Don't let anyone fool you. But we can be real about the issues we face. Unfortunately, though, our society is all about image. We live in a society based and built upon social media. 
and social media is all about your image. We try competing with all these pictures of people's kids and their marriages and their travel life on Instagram. And so we try very hard putting forth a good image. And out of that, if we're not careful, we can begin putting out a fake image. Just remember this. People are not looking for the ideal you, the perfect you, or the social media you. People are looking for the real you. Take off the mask and get real. Quit wasting your strength on the pretend you, because the real you is dying for your attention. You know, in the Bible, there's this story in the book of Genesis about a man named Abraham who would have a son named Isaac, and Isaac would go on to have two twin boys, one named Esau, who was the older, and Jacob, the younger brother. Jacob came out of his mother's womb holding on to the feet of his twin brother Esau. It was like he was born competing with his older brother, trying to get ahead. Well, one day Esau was starving and came to his brother Jacob and begged for some food. Jacob said to him, give me your birthright and I'll give you some food. Esau was so hungry that he gave over his birthright for a bowl of soup. That's a big deal back in those days because the oldest son would receive a double portion blessing from his father and then would go on to be the head of the family. Well, Jacob manipulated and took advantage of his brother Esau. A few years went by and his father Isaac was old and nearly blind and Isaac was ready to bless his oldest son Esau with a double portion blessing. But Jacob deceived his father and came in and said that he was Esau. Jacob stole his brother's blessing and because of his deception, he had to flee. He was on the run from his brother. In all of his life, Jacob went around deceiving, manipulating, and being a fake, wearing a mask. Jacob's name literally means deceiver. He had strived so hard to succeed that he was willing to do anything, even lose his true identity. Jacob refused to be who he truly was. And although Jacob may have got the blessing from Isaac, for the next 21 years of his life, he experienced nothing but hardship. Well, after those many years went by, Jacob decided to travel back home. He wanted to make things right with his brother. One night, an angel of the Lord showed up and Jacob and his angel started to wrestle. They wrestled all night long, and Jacob refused to let go. The angel of the Lord said, let me go, and Jacob says, no, not until you bless me. The angel of the Lord asked Jacob a question. He said, what is your name? Now, to me, that's a very strange question because I'm sure this angel of the Lord already knew who he was wrestling with. God knew who he was, but God wanted to see if Jacob knew who Jacob was. You see, the last time Jacob was asked that question, it was by his father. And Jacob said, I am Esau. But this time, Jacob gets real. He gets vulnerable. He admits that he is a deceiver. And he says, my name is Jacob.
All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, which means deceiver, but now your name shall be Israel, which means prince with God. When Jacob got real, when Jacob quit trying to hide who he was, when Jacob took off the mask of trying to be his brother Esau, God blessed him and changed his name from deceiver to prince, from Jacob to Israel. Today, I've got a question for you. What is your name? Who are you? God knows who you are, and God knows your name. In fact, he knows how many hairs are on your head. But do you know who you are? Are you trying to be your older brother? Are you trying to be your mother or your father? You know, you were created to be you. If God wanted two of your fathers here on this planet, he would create two of your fathers. But instead, he chose to create you just as you are. Therefore, you can take off the mask and quit pretending to be something you were never intended to be. God will not bless the pretend you. He will only bless the real you. Jacob had to get real with God. He had to get vulnerable. It's time as a leader to take off the mask of embarrassment, the mask of shame and guilt. I'm challenging you to get real with yourself, to get real with God, and to get real with other people. You know, for the longest time, I used to hate whenever I would go out of town and meet new people and they would ask me about my family. You know, I would do all this traveling and encounter all these people and I would do everything I could to avoid having to answer any questions about my family. I would get asked, you know, how old are your kids? And I would say, you know, we have two eight-year-olds and a five-year-old. And people would respond, oh, wow. So you and your wife, you must have twins. And then I would say, well, not exactly. We're a blended family. Both of us, we've been previously married before. And whenever I would say this, I would get this sense of embarrassment that would come all over me because I was always meeting with very influential pastors and Christian leaders, and I didn't want them to think any less of me, so I would try to hide behind a mask. And I cannot recall, though, one time any of those pastors saying anything other than, wow, Praise God that he's blessed you with the family that you have now. You know, it took a while for me to realize that I had nothing to be embarrassed of. I didn't have to hide behind a mask, but I could be vulnerable and admit that I've got some scars in my past, but those scars have been turned into stars. You may have something in your life that makes you feel embarrassed or ashamed and causes you to hide behind a mask. Well, today is a day to get rid of that mask. You know, there's a real peace that will invade your life when you quit trying to be someone or something you are not. If someone rejects you for something in your past, that's okay. They're not God. And let me just remind you, we all have some stuff in our past. So before you start thinking you are the only one, just remember we all have hidden behind a mask before. Some do it better than others, but all of us have. Today, there can be some real freedom because you can toss out the false you and be the real you. But in order to be real, that means you're going to have to be willing to be vulnerable.
I want to leave you with two quick acts of vulnerability that you can apply to your life today as a leader, as a husband, as a wife, as a follower. The first one is this. If you are wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. It's so easy for us as leaders to try and hide and cover up our mistakes. You can try to make an excuse or whatever it may be to respond, but the best way to respond is to admit that you're wrong and do it quickly and emphatically. When you admit that you are wrong, that's getting real. That's being vulnerable. It will also cause less strife in your relationships and your organization. I have noticed that if I am quick to admit that I am wrong to my wife, Kendra, she is a whole lot less upset with me than the times that I try to act like I've done absolutely nothing wrong. Admitting you are wrong quickly takes the fight out of the other person that you've wronged. There's an old saying that says, by fighting, you never get what you expect. But by yielding, you get more than you expect. Instead of putting on a mask whenever you've done something wrong and fighting like you're innocent, be the mature leader, be the real you, be the vulnerable you, and admit it quickly and emphatically. Number two, if you've been wrong, and which as a leader you will be wronged, forgive quickly and emphatically. You know, for most people, this is much, much harder than number one. And in life, people are going to wrong you. Sometimes it will be intentional. Other times it will be unintentional. But at the end of the day, people are going to be upset with you, say things about you, mistreat you, and even hurt you. And although that's nothing to look forward to or get excited about, you can do some things to prepare yourself to react in the right way, to be vulnerable and forgive. You know, years ago, there was a famous pilot named Bob Hoover, who used to fly in the largest of air shows. One day, he was flying back from Los Angeles to San Diego, where he had just finished a show. While he was flying back, suddenly the two engines stopped and the plane was in freefall. Luckily, Hoover was an incredible pilot and he was able to crash land the airplane. Thankfully, of the three passengers, no one got hurt, but the plane was absolutely destroyed. Upon landing, Hoover wanted to know what in the world happened. Come to find out, the wrong type of gasoline had been poured into that World War II plane. Hoover was so angry. Such a careless mistake. He demanded to speak to the mechanic. Well, this young mechanic came forward with tears rolling down his eyes, just saying how sorry he was. Hoover in that moment could have screamed, he could have yelled, he could have demanded that that young mechanic be fired. But Bob Hoover put his arm around that young mechanic and said, To be sure that you never make this mistake again, I want you to fill up my plane with gas first thing tomorrow morning. What an act of forgiveness. What an act of vulnerability. Maybe there's someone in your life, in your organization, that has really hurt you, caused a lot of pain and damage. My challenge is to be vulnerable. Put your arm around that person and maybe give them another chance. Remember this. Criticizing and condemning people never causes them to be better. But affirmation always brings out the best in people. 
Instead of criticizing, why don't you be vulnerable and forgive? Take off the mask that you're wearing and simply get real. You will be amazed at what the real you can actually accomplish in this life. I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Jackson Lawmire, and I look forward to being with you next time. God bless you.